podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Tuesday on which we're all still reeling from the news that Fenway Sports Group have put Liverpool up for sale. David Ornstein has followed up on yesterday's article with another piece today. And in that piece, he again reaffirms the claim that the club is for sale. He says that this is the beginning of what could be a long process. Uh, In a tweet linking his article, he suggested it could take up to two years for the sale to go through. And in the article itself, he follows up on that. Now, it's also possible that what happens here is that Fenway Sports Group sell a large percentage to a group with an agreement that that group will then buy out the club in a couple of years if certain you know, landmarks are hit. Uh, we've seen that happen a couple of times in different sports with different organisations. I had the thought yesterday, I mentioned on yesterday's pod about how FSG were heavily linked with buying an NBA expansion franchise when they come up in what will be probably 25 or 26. Vegas and Seattle are the two, and they're heavily linked to the one in Vegas. But right now, there is one of the glamour NBA franchises, the Phoenix Suns, which is available to the highest bidder. And I do wonder if they have interest in buying the Phoenix Suns and if selling Liverpool would be the vehicle to get the money to buy the Suns. If you remember last year, they sold a 10% stake in FSG itself to Redbird and used that cash to go and buy the Pittsburgh Penguins, the NHL team. So I do wonder if maybe they're having an eye at buying the Phoenix Suns, and that's why they've made the decision to sell. I could be completely wrong, but just the timing of it is interesting because the Suns recently came on the market after their owner, Robert Sarver, was suspended for a year, and he made it known he would be willing to sell. And certain other members of his consortium said they would also be open to a sale. So could be that that's what the, the end game is for FSG, to sell Liverpool, move the money back stateside, buy the Suns and and go from there. Um, there's been more and more groups linked with potential ownership of Liverpool over the last 24 hours. 
many of them are the same groups that were linked with Chelsea. So Stephen Paliuka, who's a minority owner of the Boston Celtics or a co-owner of the Boston Celtics, he's one. He tried to buy Chelsea and he had a consortium together and they've now been linked. Uh, the Wrigley family, who own the Chicago Cubs, they were strongly linked. And at one point, they looked like the preferred bidder until comments attributed to the patriarch of the family became public. And that was kind of quickly shuttled to one side. There's been reports of interest from the Middle East, from Dubai, from Bahrain, from Qatar. I mean, I'm not against the idea of Middle Eastern investment in the club at all. I just don't like the idea of us becoming state-owned. I don't want us to be a vehicle for sports washing. I don't think one of the sports washers will want to buy us because I don't think we're an easy... We're not an easy purchase because the price is so high, as opposed to City, PSG and Newcastle, who were all relatively cheap for them. We're a club and a fan base with exceptionally high standards, whereas City and Newcastle in particular, their fans had seen more relegations than trophies. Far easier to, you know, to run a successful sports washing operation over people who are desperate for any modicum of success than a group like ourselves who have experienced great success. But we definitely shouldn't be ruling out all Middle Eastern investment. Um, One link is that the, I think he's the Prince of Dubai and he is known to be a Liverpool fan, that he personally could look to buy the club rather than for it to be state-owned. The issue then becomes, does it become state-funded? Manchester City are not technically state-owned, they are state-funded. Newcastle are not technically state-owned, they are state-funded. And where do you draw the line? What is the what is the moral line on this? You know, I, I'm not an expert in, in the Middle East and what goes on and what the laws are and how strict these countries are and, and different things like that. Dubai, I think, is seen as one of the more liberal countries in the Middle East, one of the most liberal of the Emirates. Um, but they still have quite strict laws. It's just that they don't they don't generally hold to them. Uh, I saw a mention of Oman as a potential, but I don't know whether whether there's the money there, whether there's the right sort of the right sort of um, cultural approach. You know, I mean, one thing that will have to happen is that there's going to have to be some sort of some sort of common ground between whoever buys the club and the fan base 
I mean, we spoke yesterday about Jim Ratcliffe and whether he would be an option, and he, he certainly has been mentioned. And he makes sense in terms of the fact that he is openly trying to buy one of the bigger clubs in the country. But as pointed out by Dan Kenneth, if you look at his politics, they're completely against the culture of Liverpool, both city and club. He is a massive Tory, a hard Brexiteer. He he loves Britain so much that he lives in Monaco uh, as a tax exile. So where's the common ground for him? The common ground could be he does have an enormous interest in sport. He has a proven track record in sport with, with cycling and Formula One. Now, his track record in football is a little bit patchy. Nice have been largely meh under him. Um, but you could find a common ground with him. I don't know if there's a common ground to be found between some of the potential Middle Eastern buyers. Um, now, I do know that the Sultan of Oman is a massive football fan. He was the first head of the Oman Football Association in the 1980s. I know this because I'm now reading it on Wikipedia. Uh, I don't know what his net wealth is. I don't know how rich of a country Oman is. I assume there's significant wealth there. Uh, his net worth is $1 billion, so he, he himself doesn't have the money. The Omani royal family doesn't seem to have that kind of money. Um, is there an Oman Sovereign Wealth Fund? There is. Oman Sovereign Wealth Fund. Doesn't really suggest that they have currently... The fund's assets under management are estimated at approximately 18 billion. So that would suggest that Oman don't have the type of money that would be required to buy the club and then run the club. That they have assets, but they don't have have access to the kind of cash that would be required. Um so look, it remains to be seen what happens, who takes over. I don't think we should outright dismiss any possibility. Uh, I've certainly seen a few people who are just blindly closed to any sort of Middle Eastern investment. Um, That kind of reeks a little bit to me. Um, I've also seen some people that are just blindly against the possibility of American ownership. Again, I I don't like that. I I think we need to be open-minded about these things. You're not going to find a local with this type of money. So, you know, there's no such thing as a good billionaire. There just isn't. Um, I think the the, the one who, who I think would tick all the boxes is probably Steve Barmer, who I mentioned yesterday, or Balmer, who I mentioned yesterday, who owns the LA Clippers and is one of the largest shareholders in Microsoft. He's worth about $120 billion. So he'd have all of the money, and he isn't, you know, a murderous dictator or anything like that. But again, there's definitely going to be um, some skeletons in his closet. You don't get that kind of rich without knowing where a few bodies are buried. Um, but look, it's it, it's a it's a fascinating time. It really is. And obviously, we've got we've got a game coming up. We're 
due to play Derby tomorrow night in the EFL Cup. And Jack Lusby has put together a little piece on This Is Anfield regarding who could play. So Cueving Kelleher is an obvious one, almost certain to start. Nat Phillips, I would imagine, will start probably next to Joe Gomez. Uh, Calvin Ramsey, almost certain to start at right back. So you're looking at Ramsey, Nat, Gomez and Costas. Basetic almost certainly starts in midfield. I would guess that Bobby Clark will start. Fabio Carvalho will start. Ox will probably start. So I'm guessing it'll be Ox. Ox, Basetic and Jones as the midfield three. And then Clark and Carvalho. It wouldn't surprise me if Darwin started. Being honest. But he might just play somebody else. I think it'll be a younger younger team. I, this predicted team has Henderson playing. I'm not sure I see that. I don't know that Henderson will start again before the World Cup for risk of injury. I don't think Milner will start. They might start Jay Spearing, but I think Oxlade-Chamberlain, Bassett, and Jones as a midfield three is um, is probably the way to go. And then... Carvalho, Clark. There's got to be a youngster who could play up front. Maybe you just start Ben Doak. Play Clark and Doak either side of Carvalho. Something like that. There's options there anyway. Uh, Also on This Is Anfield, they've got a few pieces about the potential sale of the club. Um, Liverpool coach bemoans bad luck as midfielder returns from four-month layoff. That's Tom Hill. Uh, he's just spent 24 of the last 26 months out injured. That poor lad has had horrendous luck. Absolutely horrendous luck. He got an ACL tear and then while recovering from that had a bunch of other injuries. He's really, really had the stuffing knocked out of him. So it'd be nice to see him get some games this season in the 21s and, and see where he stands. Um... Yeah, that's all there really is on this is Anfield. There's plenty of stuff there, so you can check all of that out. FSG myth exposed amid potential Liverpool sale as Moneyball reality tells twenty four a two hundred forty million story. Liverpool handed Champions League advantage by UEFA. I'm not sure that's true. Possible Liverpool buyer emerges for FSG. Three potential Liverpool sale options as Man City. Repeat possible and Chelsea bitter keen. Let's see then what this is. Uh, I'm guessing this is by David Comerford. So let's see. Uh, Dubai. So that's obviously obviously one. Uh, Bayran and Martin Broughton, who who led the led the consortium that I believe Josh Harris and David Blitzer were part of. So. He could well be. And obviously Martin Broughton was a former chairman of Liverpool. So possible. Very possible. Um I again I don't know if Bayran have the right amount of wealth. Bayran Sovereign Wealth Fund. Let's see. About eighteen billion in assets as well, so they own 56% of McLaren. 
I think it's possible. I suppose it is possible. Iran has a king, doesn't it? Uh, yes. Hamad bin Isa al-Khalifa. The, they, his family have ruled that country for over, over three, well, nearly 300. Is it nearly 300 years? Yeah, nearly 300 years. Um, let's see what his net worth is just while we're... Obviously, net worth doesn't really mean a whole lot. Five billion now. Let's write him off. He's not rich enough. Um, it's a ridiculous thing. We're, it's a ridiculous thing. The, the idea that anything is worth four billion is just stupid. Um, on to AnfieldIndex.com. There is a loan watch up. There is a piece about understanding the time timing of the sale. Um, there's a piece here entitled Be Careful What You Wish For, written by Stephen Callow. There's a piece about the Tottenham game. And then we've got a bunch of podcasts, if you haven't heard them. There's a new minefield, always the best thing going. There is a new Money Talks. So you've got Mo Chatra and Trev Downey having a chat about what this could all mean. There is a Euro incision with Guy and Nina. And there is an AI Pro Plus in which Gags takes a time out from his very busy schedule of ignoring you, the listener to do a podcast with Harinder Singh and Justin Wells to, again, discuss um, the sale of the club and what it could mean. So do check all of those out, and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.